Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into the show. It's Brett Allen. It's good to be here with you on this beautiful Bay Area Wednesday. Man, oh man, it's been a busy day, but happy to be here in the studio, Bay Area Studios, getting another fantastic episode out to you. My guest today, again, 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 <laughs> we recorded this episode a while ago and we are just now getting it released. Sarah Withers is my guest today. She is an actor she has been featured in such films as Nightmare Cinema, Play by Play, a television series, and a few other things as well. Her IMDb information and all of that will be available in the show notes. A special shout out to Claudia Green of Mayhem Entertainment, who never fails to deliver on content and guests. She brought us Tanya Banks of Little Women LA, Kendra Oyasana, which will be airing soon, and just a slew of other people. She is the best. She's also been on our podcast as well. I interviewed her. She is an amazing publicist and has an amazing story. But anyway, enough chitter chatters. Sarah Weathers is coming on the show. See, I almost forgot. It's been so long since I've done this. Anyway, I'm excited for you to check this out. She shares a lot of amazing content, the ins and outs of being an actor, lessons learned, and all of those types of things that you don't normally get to hear from an actor in Hollywood. She peels the curtain back and provides us with some great content and information. So without further ado, here is my interview with the amazing and talented Sarah Withers. Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, well, I was slated to interview you a couple weeks ago. We were talking about this before we started recording and my computer crashed and then you're super busy because you're promoting projects and, and all of that sort of thing. So I'm glad that you're here today. And I have a lot of questions for you. You are an actor. You've been doing this for a while. First question mm -hmm. I, I always kind of like to ask is, you know, at what point in your life did you decide that this was something that you wanted to pursue or that you wanted to go after full time? Well, I'm, I'm 23 now, so I've been acting for 15 years. Okay. So, uh, I started, I started when I was eight and, um, Really, what <laughs> I I was watching Lizzie McGuire uh one summer and I loved Disney Channel. I was a huge fan. Um, and so I was watching Lizzie McGuire and I was like, you know what? I think I could do that. And uh, my I my mom signed me up for classes at ACT in San Francisco. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I really just went. I just fell in love with it from there. I always was performing in front of my family and stuff like that. We have, <laughs> they're like old relics of these little tickets I would make for my family members <laughs> nice. at, at dinners. And I'd be like, you know, Sarah Withers performing. And then on the back, it would say clapping is mandatory. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was always performing. And um, then as I, as I got older, I started to realize, you know, more and more, okay, I want to be in television and film, but I really got my, my training my whole life through theater and I love theater. And, um, it wasn't in really until college that I started to hone in on my on camera acting skills. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. 
would you say that you prefer one over the other theater versus live or film or, or do you just enjoy performing a period as far as that goes? Well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> My parents thought I was deaf when I was little because I spoke so loud. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I, I spoke. I know. So when it comes to projecting and things like that, uh, super comes very naturally to me. So being on stage, um, I, I love it. I love it. And, um, in some ways being on camera is a little more challenging because I have to, um, hone it in a little bit more. And, um, you really, your energy, I I think it's a requirement that your energy is much more grounded with on camera acting because otherwise your energy will start to creep up in strange places. Like, um, really? a what common example of that. <laughs> I'm curious. So like a, like a really common thing when people, uh, start watching themselves doing self tapes and stuff is like people will have extraneous movement and in, in their eyebrows or their forehead. Um, <laughs> or some people blink a lot. Um, it's just kind of like things like that where when you're in front of the camera, it, like these things will come up and then it's about sort of like smoothing it out. And so at the place I, I train at or take classes at every week, um, it's recommended if that's a problem for you to put painter's tape on your forehead. So, you know, when you're moving your forehead too much and then um, it just helps bring awareness to it. So, so yeah, it's a little bit extra to think about in, in that case. Cause you know, when you're performing in front of however many people on stage, the person in the 200th row isn't being like, huh, those eyebrows, they're moving too much, <laughs> you know? That's so, funny. Well, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's interesting that your parents thought you were deaf. I mean, I guess I could see that kind of, I mean, it's great to have yeah. a sense of humor about that. Cause I mean, that's, I guess it's kind of funny in a way, but now they know, Oh, our daughter's an actress now. So she's, yeah, she's just, She's just over the top, just a little loud. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, but I do hope to like, uh, while I'm focusing on television and film right now, I do hope that um, in my career I'll be able to to um, do is do a lot of theater. And in fact, that's something that's one of my goals for this year is to is to start auditioning for theater in LA. And then um, I always tell people I want to be like Bradley Cooper um, in terms of how he's gone back and forth from from stage to film. And then he's been in a ton of different genres. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. Well, I have talked to a lot of actors and I think that's a common thread that comes through is the fact that they like to do theater because that's really where they can go back to the basics and hone their talents and abilities. Cause there's no takes in theater, right? It's just, you go for it, you start. And if you forget a line or whatever, you have to fix it right away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's no like cut. Okay. Let's try this again. And it's just, there's no safety net. Is that a good Mm -hmm. way to describe it? You would say. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And then also it's, there's something nice, the continuity of going through from start to finish. And then also just sort of, um, you know, I don't, it's not so much because the phrase getting lost in it's is I think a little bit misleading. Cause I think, you know, there's always sort of an awareness of, of what's going on and um, what you're doing moment to moment, but 
being able to uh, stay within that world for a long time is, it is really refreshing instead of being like, okay, one line cut, you know, coverage on the other person cut. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's no 18 hour days in theater as far as maybe for rehearsing, but when you're performing, it's your two and a half hours and then you're done. Right. You don't. <laughs> okay. Let's True. break for lunch. Cause this person can't remember the lines. Uh, and then <laughs> you'll be back later to finish filming uh, this scene and mm -hmm. I, I it's quite it can be excruciating because I did a lot of background work for a long time when I was in New Mexico and I worked on some things and I just remember my first experience it it can be very excruciating um, especially as an extra because you go there you don't know if you're going to be used or when and then when you are used you don't know for how long and, you mm -hmm. know, we, <laughs> we have these people who are like spiking the camera and looking at it because they were just trying to like say, hey, look at me. And the, they're like, what are you doing? You need to stop that. That's annoying. Or we're going to send <laughs> you we're going to send you home. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't get that in theater. I like it's but there's something. Yeah, it's I noticed it's you're always on the edge of your seat even when you're in the trailer, because you, you don't know when you're going to go, go to set. And then also for, you know, like I'm still super early on in my career. So I am very um, conscientious. I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to have all my stuff down pat. And then you have the, all this adrenaline going all day. And then four hours later and you're, you're in your trailer and you're kind of exhausted because you sure. had so much adrenaline. And then right as soon as you're exhausted, it's like, Oh, Sarah, uh, we're ready for you. And you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> Let's, go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I want to talk about your career because you are getting started early, but you've or at an early start, so to say, but you've done quite a bit so far. I think just looking at some of your credits and I, I think the biggest thing for you right now is Nightmare Cinema or play-by-play -play because I know there's a couple. Um, mm -hmm. Which of those two would be the most current for you and would you consider to be your biggest role or your biggest performance that you've had so far in, in your career? Um, so I did play-by-play -play more recently than Nightmare Cinema. Um, and play-by-play -play was a show is a show. It well, it was on Go90, which was Verizon's right. uh, streaming service, and that went under. So right now, word on the street is trying to find play-by-play -play a home on a new streaming service. Um, the the role I played on play-by-play -play was very different from, well, first of all, anything I'd ever played before, and very different from uh, Nightmare Cinema. And we can go into that in a bit, but Nightmare Cinema, I play more of your sort of girl next door. Okay. And then in play by play, I was this, you know, <laughs> it took place in the 90s. Um, and I was a blockbuster manager. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was super emo, very deadpan, just uh, super dry, uh, which is quite different from me as a person and very different. It's interesting, like, it's kind of been this niche little typecast for me because I think I, you know, I have like black hair and dark eyes and mm -hmm. pretty white skin. So it kind of, I guess I give off a goth 
look if you see me in a picture, but it's not my personality. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it's funny your description of the Blockbuster manager because I'm old enough to remember Blockbuster <laughs> managers and your that's not too far off from how they were. So that's great. Good job. <laughs> right. Right. I I I went to Blockbuster probably until I was 10 or so and around that time it just started to become you know obsolete but uh we actually filmed uh my scenes in play-by-play at a video rental store in iowa so there's a couple out there still Um, okay all right but i really loved that role because it was it was really challenging and i remember thinking, oh God, like I really, really have to work hard for this one. And, and, and I did, I wanted that one really bad. Cause I was, that's my favorite kind of acting in a lot of ways is roles that are so different from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think growing up doing theater, that's kind of what I was experienced with is like, you know, you're doing Chekhov or you're doing Shakespeare or something and you're playing characters that are not similar to yourself um, yeah, as a 14 year old. <laughs> So this is true. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So That's funny. um but and then uh and then Nightmare Cinema was, you know, it's very action, obviously horror. Um and it's it, it's a character that's much more similar to to Sarah. So Very so, cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because it's very important. Now, it released on June 21st and it basically was a collection of five horror tales, I guess you could say, directed by some major industry people, some directors that are huge. How did you actually become involved with the project and what was the casting process like for you? So um, I got the audition through the agent I had at the time. And uh, the it was pretty. Sh- it was a pretty short audition. Um, well, it was, you know, it is a short film. So, um, and a lot of it, there's, there's not a ton of dialogue. It's, it's a lot of, you know, action going on. So, um, I, yeah, I, I just worked on it. It was a very intense scene. Like all my, all my friends had just been killed. So, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't super lighthearted. Um, but I, I did it. I, and then I got a call back, which I was so excited about. And, uh, yeah, the callback was, very interesting. Um, so at the time I was still a student at USC. Um, and I had to, like, I was in a stand-up class. So I was doing stand-up comedy and we had to run our set for that day because we were going to have a show very soon. Oh, wow. Uh, so I had to be in class that day. Um, but I was like, you know what? I have about 45 minutes to get to the audition which I, you know, anytime I have an audition, I try to get there like even 25, 30 minutes beforehand just to be safe. But I was like, you know, it says it'll only take 20 minutes. So, you know, I have a left, some leftover time. It'll be okay. Anyway, so I get in my Uber and it's this really old man and he was very sweet, but uh, for whatever reason, we just drove in the opposite direction of the casting <laughs> office. And I was thinking, oh my God, because I didn't have that much time. I only had a little bit of time. And like, uh, it's there, it was like a Friday at three o'clock. So the worst time 
to be driving in Los Angeles. Um, so I was, I was emailing my manager and my agent. I was like, Oh my God, I, you know, this is, I had to have, you know, just let them know I'm coming. I'm on my way. Um, and so eventually, you know, the guy couldn't really understand it. And I was like, I'm sorry, you know, I got to call a new Uber. So I got out, I got a new Uber and we headed back in the direction of the casting office. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, there's nothing at this point, there's literally nothing I can do, but just be calm. And I was, you know, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, maybe this is an opportunity for me to just show my level of professionalism by showing that my tardiness is unacceptable to me. So, you know, I just focused on my breathing, did some meditating in the car. And then I got there and I was 10 minutes late, not for my audition slot, but for the casting session, meaning they'd already seen everybody. Um, And they were just hanging out for 10 minutes. So I was so grateful that they were that patient. And uh, Alejandro, the director uh, for my short was there and he was so sweet and I went in and I was like, all right. And I just went for it. Um, and they were super sweet and complimentary. And of course I was like, I'm so sorry. I explained the whole Uber situation. Um, and yeah, and then I, I ended up getting the role. So <laughs> um, I was very, I was very thankful that everything worked out because I, I really had a good feeling about the project. I really wanted to do it. So yeah, fantastic. That's so cool. So outside of that, on a little bit of a lighter note, what are some projects that you would like to get yourself involved in or some roles that you would like to play, I guess, dream roles and those types of things? Okay. So I've been asked that question of your dream role and everything for, you know, essentially my whole life. (laughs) And for so long, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I just had this epiphany recently of what that would be. Um, So I love the Lord of the Rings movies. And Mm -hmm. what I started to realize, I was like, Aragon, he's so cool. You know, of course, he's the king and everything. I realized I want to play a really epic character like that. I want to, whether it's like in medieval times, that would be amazing. Of course, we just came off the Game of Thrones hype from this year. And so that's sort of been on my mind. And I would love to do something, just that classic, her- you know, hero's tale. Um, so, and I was thinking, you know, Joan of Arc is kind of the female equivalent, but um, I really like the fantasy aspect. And I really want to do some cool fantasy films. Um, but I I would... all I. I like I said, you know, I, I would love to do all sorts of stuff. Like I would love to be on HBO. I was a huge fan of Sharp Objects. That was a limited series, but I really like the family uh, psychology and the dark ickiness of that sort of thing. But I also love um, Silicon Valley and just silly humor. So, sure. yeah. yeah, that's a great show. That That's definitely a fun one, uh, one to aspire to for sure. Now, I know you you probably get asked a lot of the same types of questions, I'm sure, because as an actor, there's, there's certain things that people want to like specifically know, or they're kind of curious because I find the world of acting. And I say this a lot, so different and unique than anything else 
that exist as far as a career goes, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense, because it's so mm-hmm. different because of the auditioning process. You know, I've heard it said it's like going to, a, you go audition, but then it's like going to a job interview that you never hear back from if you mm-hmm. got the job or not, because the casting process is just so specific and so different. Right. Let's say you go and you audition for a role in particular and you show up and there's 10 other people maybe that look just like you or are similar to you. What are some of the things that go through your mind when you're in that situation? Like how do you process it? How do you mitigate the nerves? Like what does Sarah do to get amped up and and just deal with the situation and go in there and give the best audition possible? Yeah. Uh, that's a really good question. I think that, um, it's interesting. I think different odd for whatever reason, I think a lot of it has to do with maybe how my day's been going or my week's been going, what's been going on. But I, I always get nervous before an audition, but sometimes the nerves feel almost crippling and sometimes it's like okay you know I feel kind of excited but hey I got this um so sometimes there's a bit of a range but I would say that I I try my best to not really look around the room I mean of course you know (laughs) you gotta be aware of your environment but at the same time I don't I don't look at uh other girls when we're going for the same role like I just really try to stay in my stay in my lane stay in my zone um because comparison is going to be the death of you not to mention you're just in your head at that point and so mm-hmm. a lot of what I try to do as a person and and as an actor is just be really present and sometimes you'll have a thought come up of like oh god like I saw her on a show oh maybe she has a better chance than me but just recognizing that it's just a thought and that you can let it go. You know, you don't have to keep festering on negative thoughts. And I think that's um, really hard for human beings to do because we, we like to um, spot problems and try to solve them, but that's not the time to be doing it. Um, When right before an audition, you know, I, I do different things like um, I remember, especially for nightmare cinema, um, I, I had so much uh, energy that day. I drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> and so I was sort of like my foot was tapping type of thing. But I just would breathe in for three seconds, hold my breath for three seconds, and then breathe out for six seconds or something. And then start over. And like focusing on your breathing, you know, your heart rate slows down a little bit. You just relax. Um, also, what's helpful too is um, visualizing myself like as I'm sitting in the audition uh waiting room just visualizing going through the scene exactly how I would hope for it to go and uh you know visualizing myself afterwards being really proud and being really happy and uh that helps me relax and be like hey you know because we often visualize how like the worst possible outcome but visualizing the best possible outcome is so reassuring because you're like wait a second this can go so many different ways why not um believe that it's gonna go in my favor so um so basically meditation and visualizing really help calm me down and help me be present and focused that's great advice i I think that's important for my listeners to understand because 
it's more than just memorizing lines. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so Mm. much more that goes into what it is that you do and being present and making those choices as an actor and deciding that this is something that is important to me and something that I want to do. And so I really want to give it my best and, and just Mm -hmm. no matter what happens, even if there's 20 other people in here that look just like me, I still need to be as focused and on my game as I possibly could be. So you've Mm -hmm. had the audition and you've done that. What is your process after that? Are you done with it? You go, okay, I've done the best I can do. Do you think about it a lot? Like what goes through your head after that whole situation goes down? Um, well, for like, I, I actually really, I love auditioning and I think, uh, uh, I say that because it's an opportunity to act, which is great (laughs) because sometimes as actors, when we have survival jobs and we have, we're balancing our lives, it's, you don't always find the opportunity to act every single day or every other day. And so it's, it feels good to go in and do a scene. And then um, also I, I look at it as an opportunity to show up for myself and to, to truly try and do the best I can in the prep work and then um, feel the satisfaction of that afterwards. Like I did my best and that's, that's a really good feeling. Um, And your best will look different on different days. But then afterwards I just like, you know, again, it's sort of like the adrenaline we were talking about earlier. Like after all of that, I walk out of the audition room and then usually, you know, whether, uh, the audition is in West Hollywood or Burbank, you know, it's usually in a pretty nice area. I've never, I've really never been to an audition that's in a bad area. So (laughs) I like to go on a little bit of a walk afterwards and that helps me just sort of like shake it out a little bit, you know? And, um, and then I, you know, I don't really think about it and it's on to the next thing. And if I hear later that something happened, that's great. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I've been, I'm not to sound like, oh, I'm so seasoned or something, but like, no, I, you not know, at I've all. Been, you're fine. <laughs> I've been doing it since I was eight, you know? And so uh, I don't take it personally at all because to take it personally is almost silly because it's like, you know, you you don't know who has what connections with what casting director, or even if it's like a family connection, you don't know if they're looking for a blonde or a brunette or uh, it's like who looks more like the daughter of so-and-so who's already been cast. I mean, there's so many factors. Oh, and you know, some of it, sometimes it's comes down to social media presence or it's like, you know, it's anybody's guess and just thinking about it afterwards is uh, like why you didn't get to, it's just a waste of your time and energy. It's just going to drive you crazy. Um, so, so yeah, I just try to let it go. And then I try, you know, I think as an actor too, it's important to have other artistic out outlets or things, um, hobbies and relationships in your life that uh, feed you other than just your career. So that helps too. Some other kind of offlet besides what you're doing, because otherwise you would probably drive yourself crazy all the time Mm -hmm. in your own head. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. You mentioned earlier on about, you know, the whole Lizzie McGuire thing. 
now that you're in this and you're in the thick of it, who are some of your influences and people that you look up to in the industry who would be considered more seasoned, I guess, or mm-hmm. celebrities, those types of things? Hmm. Um, so a lot of the actors and actresses, I, I guess it's, I can't remember. I think it's all actors now, but I guess the, the people that I look up to often do a lot of transformative work, you know, like Christian Bale is always playing, uh, all types of different characters. And I also see Margot Robbie as, uh, someone like that as well. Like her work in I, Tanya was unbelievable. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously Meryl Streep. Um, and <laughs> of then, course, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I really look up to people who are who are doing work that's all over the place. Yeah, but again, Bradley Cooper. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I've been I've been a huge fan of David Tennant. I've been watching Good Omens with my boyfriend and I love that on uh Amazon. Um he's really awesome too. So yeah. That's fantastic. So you've got all of that going on. What advice as we wrap up here would you give to somebody who has a desire to be an actor or any type of arts or creativity process like what would be the best piece of advice that you could give somebody that you wish that someone maybe gave to you or that someone did give to you, so to speak? Hmm. Yeah. I, I think that it took me a long time. Again, uh, not, I didn't really start to learn this until college that like your relationship to yourself is everything and how you relate to yourself is how you're going to relate to your entire life. And so I I think as an artist, it's especially important that you nurture self-awareness and that you start to take a look at what are the beliefs I have about myself and are any of those limiting me? And um, if they are, you know, trying to change them. What I love, I love saying mantras. Um, I try to do them every day. I try and meditate every single day. I, um, visualize what I want to happen in my life, you know, think about things I'm grateful for. And these are things that really help build, have helped to build my self-esteem. I'm a huge proponent for therapy, especially for Mm -hmm. artists, Um, anyone really. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And having that solid foundation of I am enough and I am good enough. I believe in myself. That is going to help you immeasurably because, you know, and of course, um, honing your craft and being consistent about that is very important too. And surrounding yourself with a positive, um, group of friends. And, you know, sometimes it like, there was a time for me in college where I actually didn't have a whole lot of friends because I was like, you know what, I want to work on myself first. And then once I did amazing people came into my life and it almost seems like I wasn't even trying, but I think you really start to attract, um, you start to attract people and opportunities in your life and it's a reflection of your inner state. Um, so I, yeah. And then, and then when you're feeling good, it's so much easier to, you know, participate in your class or reach out to an agent or try and get coffee with a producer because when you feel good enough, it's like you're coming from a place of positivity and like, hell yeah, this could happen. <laughs> why not? As opposed yeah, to like, Oh, 
who knows if they'll respond to little me? Why would they care about getting coffee with a nobody? I mean, that's never going to help you. And so, yeah, your mindset is everything. I love it. That could be the title (laughs) of this episode. Your mindset (laughs) is everything. And that's really what it comes down to, I think, more than anything else, is just having the right mindset, whether you're, I don't know, an actor or a podcaster. I mean, the list goes on and on. If Mm -hmm. you if you don't have confidence in yourself to begin with and see your value as a human being and your worthiness, well, you're going to have a hard time, I think, doing anything else, right? It's just going to be virtually impossible to break the ceiling and get to where you want to be and what you want to do. Well, Mm -hmm. this has been a lot of fun, Sarah. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to see what's next for you. I know you have an amazing publicist. <laughs> I do. And, uh, she's great, Claudia. And uh, the team over there at Mayhem is awesome. They, they just have great people with them. Now, outside of that, you know, everything else that you're going on, have, you have going on, if people want to, to learn more about you or maybe contact you or whatever the case might be, what would be the best way for them to do that? So my Instagram handle is Sarah E. Withers, Sarah with an H. And then uh, it's the same for Twitter as well. So feel free to send me a message, send a little follow my way. And uh, yeah, I'll get, if anyone had any questions, I would get back to them. (laughs) Yes, yes. There you go. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really do appreciate it. And all of her information will be available in our show notes as well. Thanks again, Sarah. I I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. All righty, all righty. Thanks again to Sarah Withers, Claudia Green of Mayhem Entertainment. Thanks for joining in. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, let somebody know that you love them. Let them know that you care, and we will be back soon. Until next time, cheers and be well. That brings today's episode to a close. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well.